I think I think ultimately we as veterinarians are looking for that sweet spot of like, hey, what works and what's easy to what, and what's easy. What's what's reliable and and, we'll, and and I mean from a time standpoint. So anything that we look into that's that's a big part of it. Yeah, I think you touch on a great product too, consistency with supplementation. You're not going to see results in a week. And if you're not consistent with it and really testing it for, you know, upwards of at least 90 days, you you won't see a large result if you keep flip-flopping along. All right, guys, welcome back to the Riding to Excellence podcast presented by Energy Equine. I'm your host, Louisa Merch-White, and we are back for part two of our deep dive into hindgut ulcers with Dr. Chad Hewlett and Dr. Travis Kelter. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys today? Very good, thanks. Very well. Thanks, Louisa. Awesome. Um, as promised, we are going to touch on the topic that I feel like all horse owners want us to always talk about, which is supplements. There's just so many out there. If you're supplementing for a specific issue, what should you be feeding? If you're supplementing for a performance horse, what should you be feeding? So obviously it's a pretty, uh, we could do a real deep dive into the topic. We're going to keep it kind of at a higher level today and just focus on some of the products that we discussed at the hindgut ulcer talk in January. Time is flying. We are already in March. It's crazy. Okay, so gentlemen, we'll start off with pre and probiotics. Kind of seems to be the one that you hear the most about, especially uh, with the correlation between human medicine. I know a lot of humans take pre and probiotics, so it's kind of at the forefront of people's minds. So let's discuss pre and probiotics. What are your guys' thoughts? Why should you feed it? Why shouldn't you feed it? Let's just jump off the top with that topic. Uh, I like pre and probiotics in general. There, I guess, are some cautions that um, should be communicated as well. But um, for those of you who may not be familiar with them, a prebiotic is basically anything that feeds um, kind of the bacteria of the gut. And then the probiotic portion is the actual uh, gut uh microorganisms or gut bacteria and and yeast so um, I like to use pre and probiotics in certain situations and uh, particularly for some of those horses that have um, a looser stool and and the stool is not a 100% means of um, it's not an accurate gauge necessarily but I use it as just kind of a general marker for um, gut health and I found that putting a lot of horses on pre and probiotic um, will help sort of um, will help bulk them up and um, kind of help combat the diarrhea for me um, there are certain cases I think in in younger animals foals or or animals that are quite compromised in in other uh, disease processes that maybe you should exercise caution here so um, but as general health I I like them Chad, do you have anything to add to that discussion? Uh, not really. I think just like just a, I would sort of follow right along with what Travis said. I think it's really important in in horses that are in um, in, in some sort of high level training or even just regular training. You're gonna have some heat in that gut. You're gonna have some change. There's gonna be the stresses that come, and if you can keep supporting the good bacteria that are there so the prebiotics like trying to support that and then the probiotics just adding them in even if those bacteria and the pro and the um, prozo or whatever the let's say the stuff that we're adding doesn't stay forever if it just gives us a chance to let some of that healthy bacteria become better and and uh, 
develop a better culture inside there. I think that's that's a definite benefit. Mm-hmm. And um, like we talked about in the lecture, your horse does not digest pre and probiotics. They are instead digested by the good microorganisms and probiotics in the horse's digestive system to increase their numbers or activity. Kelsey Morgan, one of our client care specialists here at Energy Equine, recently finished up the University of Guelph Equine Studies Online program, and she's helping us with some nutrition-focused social media posts, and you guys may have seen one that went out at the end of February, and it talked about microbiome and pre- and probiotics, and she had a really good way of summarizing it. Probiotic supplements replenish the hind gut bacteria, and prebiotics are the food that feed the probiotics. So it's a little confusing, but think of it like a cow and grass. The prebiotic in this case would be the grass that feeds the cow. The cow is the probiotic. And this analogy also highlights the importance of both pre and probiotics together. So just like your microbiome, your bugs in your gut, cows cannot live without food. So that kind of brings us to what are the benefits of feeding pre and probiotics? You guys kind of touched on it already, but what are kind of the main benefits and why would clients choose those supplements? Um, I, th- I think the hard part with the pre and probiotics f- right now is that we haven't actually really quantified the horse's gut um, microbiome. So we know some of the players that are in there. We know what should sort of be found in there, but we haven't exactly said, okay, how many of each of these players should be involved and um, at, at what levels is are, are they in a health in a healthy horse and what levels are they in maybe a disease state or in an ulcer problem um, how are those affected we we sort of don't know so this is where people are like you know should we be spending our money on the pre and probiotics and again I think this is where you where you use the clinical response of the horse so um, you know is the intervention that you're taking in this case giving them pre and probiotic is it uh, producing a perceivable positive benefit. So is the, you know, is there better improvement in uh, manure quality? Are we keeping our condition better? So if, and to relate that back to the gut, if we have a healthy gut biome, then we're probably absorbing our nutrients in more adequate uh, amounts and therefore putting that towards growth and condition. So you know, even though we don't know ex- exactly all the ins and outs of this right now, I think you can use clinical response to kind of gauge um, gauge the things that you're putting into your feed program, including something like this. Mm-hmm. Chad, do you have anything to add to that? No, not really. Travis did a really good job there. Yeah. And so at our clinic, we carry two, I suppose, main pre and probiotics. There's the Equine Choice pre and probiotic. It's available in either paste or granules. Equine Choice is a Canadian company, which is kind of interesting. They've been around, they started in Ontario, I'm going to say like at least 40 years ago, um, in the cattle supplement business. So kind of fun fact there, it's a Canadian company and they've been around for a very long time. And then we're going to talk about it, I think next, but another one of our favorite options that includes a pre and probiotic is the core balance training and development formula. Sorry, can I just add one quick thing in there? No. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to speak on this Lu- podcast. Louisa is the minder in clinic and on podcast. <laughs> on the air. Exactly. In the sky. Um, they, again, when you're looking at your pre and probiotics and kind of deciding which, which is a good one, you may come across some mixed information, but when I've talked to internal medicine specialists, they've uh, mentioned uh, making sure that you have Saccharomyces in there, which is a yeast 
there's different types of Saccharomyces and um, some of them have been shown to get through the the hindgut and and some not yet. However, there's some combination therapies as well. So they're saying that if there's a combination of an antacid, something like magnesium hydroxide, as well as pectin-lectin complexes, which we can talk about more, as well as a Saccharomyces, that it's been shown to have promise in treating uh, for uh, foregut ulcers, not necessarily the hindgut end of things, but that's a difficult area to research as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we we really kind of touched on that in the hindgut presentation. It's mm-hmm. so hard to determine really what's going on there unless you're doing postmortems. So. Yeah. We can't really do that in research anymore. Can't just kill them to look in their guts. No, no, it's uh, it's there's a lot of barriers to research, I guess. Yeah. So moving on, this one is one that I think is commonly found in barns. It's oil and different oils, probably because it's pretty cost effective for a supplement as far as supplements go, and it's a great add-on to the minerals and vitamin supplements that a lot of people are already giving. So let's talk about oil. Chad, why why would you recommend oil to a customer that's looking into supplementation? Uh, I think you get I think there's lots of lots of benefits from feeding uh, a small amount of oil. If you're looking to really jack up the nutritional, you know, the calories or whatever, you're going to need to feed a bunch of oil. I think for the most part how we're recommending oil is to be fed more for an omega supplement. Uh, we also like it because it helps to stabilize some of the um, digestion and, and the way the liver processes for horses with EMS. And I'll probably let Travis go into that just a little bit more as far as how the medicine works there. But in general, we're looking for that omega support for joint strength or just joint recovery, uh, the anti-inflammatory effect for the whole body. Digestive health, anytime that you're you're um, using omegas, you're looking to improve your digestive health. Mental clarity is one that they talk about in humans. We're hoping that that transfers to horses. Again, it's kind of hard to ask the horse if they're mentally clear. Um, but <laughs> I think we can all discern. I think we can, can all. I think we can all discern a horse that's been on too much oats and one that's been on a really good, um, balanced diet where they don't seem to get so hot and so flighty, right? And then there's the skin and the hoof support. If I was to pick one that most clients recognize, and I, I know the veterinarians appreciate too, or most anybody that's got a, that, that's looking at a horse appreciates it, that's skin and hoof support. You know, when you look at a horse that's on an oil, and this is all the oils, not just the flax, but you know, any any of the oils when fed, you notice that those horses just have a little bit more shine. Their feet just look a little bit um, crisper. They look like there's there's better health to them. Right? Those are the big ones. Um, I definitely know that. You know, when you start getting into the medicine and the way the liver works and how things are put through um, the liver cells, and then there's this there's this digestive Krebs cycle that by feeding it fat, you do help that system become more effective at getting away from some of the metabolic things that we struggle with nowadays because we're so much sugar right, mm-hmm. in our diet. So I think that's a big part of it as well. Um, Travis, you probably have some more intelligent things to say than what I just said. I've said even more generalized, no. but I think, I think that's, I think, I think you can feed, a, you could feed more flax oil and you could feed more camelina. You could feed more hemp, um, and other oils to give caloric intake. I just don't know that that's the best way to do that. If that makes sense. Like I think we used to, th- we used to say, Oh, feed oils to make, make horses fat. And I've kind of moved away from that. I think they get, healthier off of the oil but i don't think i feed it to make them fat anymore yeah i 
I would agree with with that. Um, I don't use I use oils, I guess, as a little bit more of a supplement versus you know trying to bulk an animal. Um, the The reason why we use oils in in ulcer conditions is again for that omega profile so you'll bring out different oils at different times or if you're trying to treat or if you're trying to um, you know just supplement a healthy a healthy gut sometimes you want more sixes sometimes you want more threes and that's a little bit situation dependent but what I tell people um, who are just wanting to kind of generally maintain good gut health is um, if you're getting a lot of sixes from some of your forages and some of your other um, some of your other um, supplements, then the thing that you probably want to use to offset that is something that it's lacking. So in, in a lot of cases, that's some of your omega-3 profiles, which tend to be more anti-inflammatory. So if you're already getting a lot of the sixes in your diet, then you probably want to look for an oil that's higher in threes, which is um, a lot like the the flax oil that we carry here or, or the camelina oils. They have very good omega-3 profiles. The other thing is, is I think people with these supplements, it's, it is really hard to tell, you know, okay, I'm putting in the effort, I'm putting in the time, I'm spending the money, is my animal getting better? Well, the thing that I, I look at sometimes with the oils is, is coat condition, is the skin barrier. Um, if that is showing improvements, then I, I have to think that it's having some effect on the joints and the digestive health as, as well. It's just a more outward, I guess, manifestation and maybe a, um, a little bit of a way for the client to actually look and track something. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we can rip open the joint and be like, oh, yep, healthier. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's um, I guess you have to put a little bit of faith in in that. But that's that's one thing that including my own animals, when I put them on an oil, I'm like, OK, they are shedding less. They have, you know, the dullness isn't there. The actual texture of the coat um, feels feels different. So the shine that you see on some horses as well. So, um, you know, try to look at the thing that you came into the vet for or the thing that you're you know noticing whether that's a behavioral change or a coat change or struggling to keep on weight and when you start adding in these things does that get better is it easier to maintain the condition it does the coat look better you know look for the thing that's wrong and go the opposite way mm -hmm. yeah and then one that we recommend quite a bit in clinic is the equiflax omega oil so it's 100 percent flax the reason that we like it is um, traditionally flax would go rancid very quickly. Uh, it was expensive and you had to keep it in the refrigerator, so it wasn't exactly conducive to horse training operations. This product is um, Canadian. It's grown on, on Canadian soil. It is nitrogen stabilized in the process, which makes the expiry significantly longer than traditional flax. And it does have a really great omega-3 to 6 ratio. So as they discussed, it's higher in threes to balance out the um, performance horse's already high six ratio that provides you with a lot of those anti-inflammatory benefits. So that's the kind of rundown on yeah. flax. And the nice thing about this too is um, in the performance horse world, you're really probably not going to get away from the ulcer problem. That's just something you're going to have to try to hold off for most of the horse's life. And um, as the horses get older, um, they tend to get more problems that are overlying. One of those being 
Cushing's or PPID um, or some of your metabolic courses as well. And if you have to deprive them of certain forages, which we know can contribute to the ulcer um, problem um, or really pasture, if you have to take them off pasture and put them in the dirt, then um, oils are a good way to a keep some energy, give them some energy, and also to um, use some of the fat to maintain their weight when you have to sometimes restrict some of the forage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another great point yeah. that was brought up. All right, so moving into vitamins and minerals, uh, I think we'll keep this one pretty basic because there's so many different um, products out there. But one that obviously is our favorite, everybody knows, is the Core Balance Training Formula. So, Chad, do you want to talk on why you recommend the Core Balance Training Formula quite often to horse owners? Uh, yeah, I think so. Quality is the most important thing so you're going to get the best quality on the market bar none and that's just if you just go look at all the products and match them up you you won't find one that's got a better profile of minerals and vitamins and then they're chelated so the the structure set up very nicely there the second part is just the convenience right so you get into the fact that you can feed your vitamins and your minerals your electrolytes your prebiotics um, your biotin, so the stuff like this is fits into your but your foot, your hoof care, and then you get some a sprinkling of amino acids. And did I forget anything? Prebiotics, I talked about probiotics, electrolytes, vitamins and minerals. Oh, joint health, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get your glucosamine, chondroitin sulfate, MSM. So when you feed core balance training formula to a training horse, you're able to give it everything that it would need in its supplement beyond its hay in order because again that's our main thing is is we really want people to be on a really great forage and then use whatever energy you need to use to supplement so that your horse has some jam to either jump or to run or to cut or whatever it is right but as far as the supplement of the the other little things you know your daily nutritional supplementation this just about covers everything except for omegas which we just talked about and the only other one is is hyaluronic acid, and that needs to be in a liquid form. So and so do your omegas; they need to be in a liquid form. That's that's probably my favorite part about it. Is it just takes that thinking out. It's one less decision that you need to make each day. You just you know if you feed a scoop twice a day or two scoops once a day or whatever. I think that's how it's mm-hmm. labeled. That's two a day. Yeah. yeah, you're pretty much going to not miss any of the things that are um, in the base of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's really nice is that it is either alfalfa blend or grass formulation, and that's to ensure a proper calcium-phosphorus ratio. So it's balanced differently depending on the type of hay that you feed your horse, which is pretty... There's not many products out there that also focus on what you're feeding hay-wise, which is so important. Yeah, very important. And for the mixers out there, I'm fine if people want to mix up their own diets that's I think completely reasonable Um, but really when you're considering using more of a top dress like this break up what you're spending per horse on the daily and um, consider also if you know I guess what I'm saying is the prices are often fairly comparable and if you're coming under consider what you'd have to supplement to um, what, what you may not be supplementing in the diet that you have to supplement to make up a product like that. And I find that, you know, people are quite surprised that they're, they're fairly comparable to what they're already mixing. Yeah. And the other thing that I think people forget is um, you're guaranteed a certain analysis where when you're mixing a lot of your own feeds, unless you're getting, you know, the hay tested and everything else, that 
you don't know the quality all the time. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's poor. So it's the consistency of what you're feeding as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving into kind of our the last last half of the the pod today, we are going to talk about lectins and pectins. This is kind of an ulcer specific product. Um, one great example of, of lectins and pectins in store over the counter is Equitop Pronutrin, which um, is quite common that we recommend. So do you guys want to go into lectins and pectins? Why are horse owners choosing to supplement with those? Uh, yeah, so I guess together the, the pectin-lectin complex um, is shown to help stabilize the mucus barrier and the mucus barrier has a protective function in the gut. So it traps things that shouldn't be absorbed into the gut as um, well as helps uh, bring mediators there and, and tackle um, tackle pathogens and, and other things. So um, lectins help reinforce the intestinal wall. They're a phospholipid um, and they help reduce the surface tension um, at the air-water interface and stabilize the protective barrier of, the, of that mucin layer. The pectins stabilize the secretion of the protective mucus, and then um, the pectins also help to increase the buffering capacity, raising the pH of the stomach contents. So yeah, with Equitop Pronutrin, which is was developed by our friends at Bowringer, so it does have some white paper behind it as well, which we always like. Essentially, when you guys are recommending it, you're just saying it's a stomach coating agent. Like, it helps... To coat the stomach. Yeah, this is much more of, um, I think, a ma- more of a maintenance product for me. They have shown that it will tr- help treat active ulcers, which is nice because if they're, um, you know, starting to form them, then this is a way to maybe actually combat them as well as prevent. So um, it's a nicer, you know, price point than having to spend money on on Omeprazole or Gastrogard all the time. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's something that can be used as more of an ongoing basis, um, on the daily and an easy top dress for people. Mm-hmm. You're not having to shoot something in their mouth or, you know, worry about, you know, sucralfate coating the stomach and other oral medications being, you know, interfering with that. Yeah. yeah. So quite often I think that I'm seeing you guys recommend this product to horses that have already done the scope are confirmed to have ulcers, have gone through their gastrograd regime, and now we're looking into maintenance for a horse that already has a predisposition to ulcers. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why I like it too is because it has research behind it. So for the people who are who are evidence-driven and, and really want a white paper, there's three in-sport horses um, that I know of behind this product. So it's not even like we're extrapolating from the human side, which we sometimes have to do or... Um, yeah, it's it's already got some papers um, yeah. backing it. Chad, anything to add? Yeah, I, I would fully agree with everything Travis stated. You know, we get questions even just on the weekend when I was um, treating some horses, and I finished. A couple of comments was is okay. What can we feed the barn to help as a um, ulcer preventative? And you know, you get into all the things that we talk about that are non-research based. So we fed for years apple cider vinegar. Um, charcoal um clay you know redmond clay like there's you know um aloe vera right so we can definitely say you know those are worth trying we do not know that they work right it's not i'm not trying to criticize them but one thing nice about this is when i say to someone hey this has some research behind it that it shows that it improves the mucosal 
um, lining or the you know the little the film inside the stomach that helps us keep horses in a spot we know what it actually does we know that it actually helps right and so it's a it's a comfort for us to be able to, to say that mm-hmm. you know and feel like we're uh, in a good spot so I like that part yeah and then I think the last one that was brought up at the lecture was charcoal there's a lot of um, charcoal supplements or just straight charcoal in its most traditional form of Santa leaving you Charcoal in your stocking. Um, so with charcoal. Travis, has that happened to you before? Once or twice. Yeah. 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 Along with the horse curves. Yeah. <laughs> the road apples. The road apples. As we talked about last the time. American yeah, road always apple. hope for the charcoal, not the road apples. Yeah. yeah especially yeah. when it thaws out and it sort of leaks out of the bottom of your stocking. Oh, no. So, going down a dark path. If, if we're talking if we're talking charcoal, what uh, what are you saying to horse owners if they're asking, does charcoal aid and abet ulcers? Uh Personally, <laughs> um, I haven't used charcoal a whole lot, so it's um, for me. It's something that I'm kind of willing to try and um, am am kind of interested to see results. Um, this is meaning from an ulcer perspective. Charcoal has been used for long, long, long time as sort of an absorptive agent, and um, the the products I've used that have charcoal bases are more for things like potamic horse fever where there's endotoxins and things going through the system to mop that up. But from an ulcer standpoint, um, I, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I think I'm just waiting for um, a little bit more research from that perspective before I can solidly say, you know, it's doing something. Um, but I have a lot of clients using a few charcoal-based products, and they're already showing very positive results in horses that have been a little refractory to other types of treatments. So that's kind of why I'm excited to be using this. Yeah, yeah, there was a study done in 2016 by Crandall et al., uh, and we can link to the full study in the show notes. Um, but it was done to better assess the impact of activated charcoal on the gastrointestinal tract. So like Travis touched on, focusing in in this in the stomach area and the hindgut. Um, Edmonds and colleagues collected fecal samples from horses and then incubated them with different feeds and activated charcoal. Essentially, to quickly summarize uh, what probably took these guys a very long time, the key findings of the study were that activated charcoal had no impact on the rate of gas production, volatile fatty acid levels, ammonia concentrations or pH values. And so from that, researchers concluded that activated charcoal appears to be most dynamic in the fore and mid gut of horses. So they were seeing it working in the front gut, but if any of the activated charcoal does reach the hind gut, then it has no significant impact on the microbial community present, nor on the major metabolites produced, and so should not have a detrimental effect on the principal site of fermentation in the horse. So essentially they're saying that they, they, they don't know if charcoal can go all the way to the hindgut, but if it does, it's probably not hurting either. So yeah. that's kind of a good summary. They see it helping in the foregut. They're not sure if it makes it to the hindgut, yeah. but it's not going to hurt if it does. So yeah, I think from there we can just, it's like you said, Travis, it's not a bad product to feed, but we're not sure if it's as effective as others. Yeah, but what I like about, I guess, that that kind of study is that it's showing that there's something that may be effective in the foregut where at least we can stick a scope down there and we can identify the ulcers and we see them all the time. 
um, the hindgut, you know, we can't always get a, you can't really image back there very is very easily. And so a lot of diagnosing those ulcers is sort of a process of exclusion. So, but I guess the main, the main aim of our treatments is how do we get the gut back on track without doing harm to the microbiome. And so if they're saying that this is working in the foregut and not, you know, harming the, the hindgut, then that's exactly what we're trying to achieve. So, yeah. 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 All right. So that kind of brings us to the end of the supplement talk. Obviously there's so many different ones that we didn't touch on today. Um, but I think we kind of covered if you have a horse with ulcer issues, or if you're concerned about gut health in your horse, we covered essentially the different supplements that you would probably bring to your veterinarian or they would bring to you. So if I'm to summarize gentlemen, if I'm an owner and I come to you and I have concerns about gut health and I'm asking you about supplementation, kind of what are you telling me? What's the Coles notes of what we discussed today? Um, I guess for me, it's, you know, do you suspect an ulcer problem or are you just wanting to maintain good gut health and a certain level of performance? If you are concerned that you have a ulcer issue, you ideally should go through the full workup. What that allows your vet your veterinarian to do is really target treatment and then make feed and management recommendations that are appropriate to your horse and uh, their their issues, where the ulcers that they may have are located, are they foregut, are they hindgut, because we may manage those things differently. So if you think you have a problem, go consult your, your vet and consider going through a full workup. Um, if you're just wanting good gut health, then again, you know, spe- speak to uh, speak to your vet, and maybe they can um, help talk with your trainer about the outcomes of of what you want to obtain from your level of performance and how to how to feed the gut to get there. Chad, what about you? What's kind of your Cole's notes of when clients come to you with questions about supplementation in regards to gut health? Uh, first of all, I think Travis did a really good job of summarizing where our practice is at. I think it's a mixture of just looking at what your client um, has available so you get compliance, right? Like, so compliance is a big part of it. You can suggest, you know, it's like I heard somebody say the other day, you can build the best shoe in the world for a horse for whatever the soundness is, but if the horse pulls it off and it's laying in the mud beside it, it's not, <laughs> it's not effective. It's not working, right? <laughs> That's so, a great way to summarize horses. Yeah. So, you can buy the most expensive <laughs> supplement, but if your horse doesn't eat it. <laughs> no, I mean, and we've all seen the blankets, you know, where you go out and you buy a really nice Australian rug or whatever, and you come out and the buggers put it on the fence or ripped it off for his buddies, whatever. And I don't want to get in a rabbit hole there, but I think that's a, that the, the compliance thing is big for us, right? Like, you know, this is, this is a reason that some of these supplements that we picked up is, you know, when you think about it, it's easy to take a pump, one, one or two pumps of oil a day. It's pretty easy to put one or two scoops of powder onto a horse's feed. Um, the pellets are really palatable. You know, when you think about the pro that's one of the things that's nice about it. One of the things I liked when we, and we still recommend the activated charcoal and when people are saying it is, it's pretty simple to put onto some food, right? And so I think that that has, a, that has an impact. You know, if you're feeding 30 horses in a barn and you have a training barn, again, the, you know, whoever's doing the feeding that needs to work. And when I get up in the morning and I've got to go to work and I still got to get home and get my horse, I think those are the things that we look for is, you know, because like, I love sucralfate a great product right and great treatment i always cringe whenever i'm like okay well you got a pretty bad deal here this needs to be for breakfast lunch and for supper you know sort of thing and we do it and it works right Uh, but i don't think long term past 30 or 40 or even 60 days 
that people are super keen to do that. So I think that's what we're looking <laughs> no, for. Is how it's do a we hassle. <laughs> Having yeah. done it myself, it's annoying. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I think ultimately we as veterinarians are looking for that sweet spot of like, hey, what works and what's easy to what, and what's easy. What's what's reliable and and we'll and, and and I mean from a time standpoint. So anything that we look into, that's that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, I think you touch on a great product too. Consistency with supplementation. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see results in a week. And if you're not consistent with it and really testing it for you know upwards of at least 90 days, you, you won't see a large result if you keep yeah. flip-flopping along. Yeah. All right, any closing thoughts before I kick you guys back on the veterinary floor? The only other thing I guess I was thinking about is um, some of the... Some of the things that I would use to manage overall gut health and use the, the products I'd use as more of a daily thing, um, again, to maintain the health and not to necessarily treat is a lot of those products are a little bit more um, cost effective for the owner. And so I find there'll be a lot of people who go to those first. But again, they're not they're not strong enough to treat um an active ulcer and get that under control a lot of a lot of the time. So I watch, you know, people spend a fair a bit of money on on those products instead of you know going for the gold standard treatment, giving the horse a chance to get back to a normal, and then bring those products in to maintain. Um, you know, they try to go for that first, and what ends up happening is they have to come right back to square one with what, in my mind, they probably should have done in the first place and that's get a scope and and design your treatment uh accurately and very tailored to your horse so that'd be my only other caution yeah all right guys thank you very much thanks for coming back to finish up part two and uh we will see you very soon or hear from you i suppose thanks wheezy